You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Thursday, September the 14th, gorgeous day here in TW11. I'm looking forward to heading down to Epsom a little bit later today. The main action takes place at Doncaster, first day of the St. Ledger Festival, and we're 48 hours away from the world's oldest classic, the Betfred St. Ledger. Field of nine will go to post. John and Thady Gosden responsible for a third of the field. And Frankie Dettori, not for the first time this season, certainly not for the first time in his long career, has dropped a bombshell. By choosing to ride the horse, nobody thought he would ride. He is riding Arrest in preference to longtime co-market leader Gregory. We'll be hearing from the trainer, John Gosden, in a moment. We'll be hearing from Barry Mann of Judmont and the man who's the beneficiary of Dottori's decision, Kieran Schumark. Uh, Rishi Passad, what is your mm. reaction to Dottori's decision? I'm surprised, Nick. I'm very surprised. Primarily because I think that even though Arrest is actually higher rated than Gregory, I think Gregory is a better St. Ledger candidate than Arrest. That is on the basis that I thought the ground would be good, maybe good to soft at worst. But having said that, they did have 21 millimetres of rain on Tuesday at Doncaster. There was a bit more um, this morning. And there's the possibility of a little bit this afternoon. But it's supposed to be dry and breezy on Friday and Saturday. So assuming the ground dries out, I know that we're into autumn time now, so it's possible it doesn't dry out quite as much. I still think that the gr- that the ground would be decent enough for, for Gregory to show his best and perhaps not quite soft enough for a rest to show his best. I'm assuming that Frankie Dettori and the Gosden team, Kieran Schumacher, Schumacher, they have calculated that the ground is probably going to be on the soft side. And so they probably think that a rest has a better option in is, is a better option for frankie in those conditions but i think gregory's the better horse i might be wrong that the, the official handicapper says that arrest is the better horse i like gregory's run in the uh in the great voltager um i thought arrest um although he's he's very talented i think gregory's probably got more improvement to come as well so it surprises me that frankie Tory has gone for arrest over Gregory. Having said all that, he has won the race, what is it, half a dozen times? Mm. And he is obviously <laughs> a legend. So um, ultimately, he knows a lot more about it than I do. But I think I wouldn't be the only one in the sport who is surprised at his decision. Uh, John Gosden, I wonder if he was surprised. wonder whether he swayed him one way or the other. This is what he had to say. No, no. I mean, he knows the horses well. I left the decision entirely up to him. It was probably pretty well swayed by the fact that they've had about 30 millimetres of rain in the last few days and that, uh, quite frankly, it's what the clerk of the course called proper soft uh, Rose Hill round the back in the country into the straight, which is soft. So even by Saturday, it's going to have plenty of given it. And uh, and I think Frankie felt that arrest is favoured by that ground, whereas Gregory given his sideline is not necessarily so. So I left the decision up to Frankie, not my, you know, which one he rides is his choice and he's chosen the rest. I mean, obviously you train Golden Horn and you've trained quite a lot of his progeny as well. Is it a very marked preference, do you find, with, with them that they do, like him, they do prefer top of the ground? Yeah, but Gregory's out of a Galileo mare, so he, he may well he may well handle it, but it's not a given, whereas... Uh, Frankie's confident the other horse will. So, And it could just be that slightly slow dead ground come Saturday drying out. 
Uh, and they they both do look like like really strong strong stayers. I mean, do you see them as both as cup horses next year, or 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 could a rest be a more of a middle distance type horse? Yeah, I mean you, you you're moving on quickly there uh, to next year and cup races. Look, I mean obviously both horses are one over a virtually one a mile quarters and one mile five and a half, so they get that well. And getting the, the two miles and getting the two and a half miles, that's 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 a whole different ball game. So I think we'll just uh, the three year olds now see where we take it. As soon as some of them can get quicker with age, you know. Mm. It's quite a good race, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's uh, we haven't had a runner for two or three years in it actually, but it's uh, there's nine horses, all of whom belong in the race. They all have good, good solid form. So uh, I think it's a small but quality field. Uh, a big opportunity for for Kieran Schumacher is obviously going to be more involved in your stable moving forward on, on on Gregory. What is it you like about him, John? The horse or the jockey? Yeah, the, well, both, but the jockey, the jockey principally. Yeah. No, I he he rode for me as a, as a school kid. So I've known him a very long time. He used to come and ride out in his school holidays when he was 14, 15, 16. So I have known him a long time. Very good hands, good feel for a horse, uh, very well balanced. You know, he's he's ridden a lot of very nice races. So he's a talented young man. Simple as that. But I have known him a long time. And I guess that that's important. The kind of personal relationship is is as important as being able to to ride a horse well. You want someone who's a who's a team player, I guess. Yeah, very much. I mean, we've been very fortunate. Rab Havlin and I have been together for many years now, all the way from Manton days, back in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, all the way through. And he's fantastic. Attributes in the yard and writes a lot for us. And then, you know, you've got young Benoit de la Fayette, who's. Uh, who's improving all the time in terms of riding and experience and tactician. And uh, so, you know, we're fortunate. We have, you know, good riders in the stable. And then Frankie finishing out this last year here has, has been a pleasure because it's gone so well, you know. Uh, just looking to to the horse that, that Rab Havlin rides this week for you, the, the, the big runner in the Doncaster Cup, Sweet William. He's got a bit to find on, on ratings with the big two, but could could he make the step up, do you think? Yes, I think he could. I think, you know, it's a family that I think that, that he could make that move on up, which to, we'll find out. It's two and a quarter miles on Doncaster Cup, but I see no reason that he wouldn't be able to handle it. It's uh, not his fault. He sustained an injury as a two-year-old and was unable to race. Uh, he wasn't with us then, actually. and uh, But he's come on leaps and bounds, and he's a great character to be around. And I'm looking forward to running him. Um, I've got to finish off where we started with the with the St Ledger itself, the Bedford St Ledger, because everyone will be screaming, "What about Middle Earth?" Because we talked to David Redvers yesterday, and he seemed very hopeful. And um, people who've been crunching the numbers say that the time he put up through the last part of the race at, at, uh, at York was very, very good. Where does he stack up ability-wise with the other two? Well, I think he's got plenty of ability. He's a horse we've always liked. He's been a bit of a slow burner to come through. Uh, having said that, you know. He's done nothing wrong. I was very impressed with him in the Melrose, where he came from, quickened up. But, of course, that was on good, good to firm ground. And it would be a little bit of a question here because his sire was an absolute favourite of ours, Roaring Lion, but he was not, given his sire, Lion Kitten's joy is not surprising, he was not a lover of soft ground. He managed to battle it out in the QE2, hating the ground. That's how much heart he had. 
but overall he was a top of the ground horse and this fellow moves very smoothly like his father and low action so I am concerned for him we hadn't had that rain when when he was uh, supplemented and probably you know if we'd known that might have thought long and hard about it but uh, we were very much hoping for good good ground but it could it could slightly be his undoing but uh, you know there's also like let's let's run let's see you don't know until you run him but I would would be concerned about the ground for him now and before I let you go, I've got to ask you how Mostadaf is and what you're thinking of doing with him, because the, the targets, I suppose, are not completely obvious. No, he's in tremendous form. Um, and I think we, we were looking towards Champions Day, but if it does turn into that awfully deep ground through Swinley Bodding, we wouldn't be running there. He'd probably going to go straight to the Breeders' Cup. On, and you'd step him back up to a mile and a half or give him a spin on the dirt? Yeah, well, a mile and a half of Sandra and either is a different ball game, mm. even if they roll off the hill. And, uh, uh, and, and, and if, uh, obviously, the, if the Derby Hall winner goes there, they're going to make sure it's a solid pace. But it's a very fast uh, mile and a half, you know, down the hill, fast ground, round the, round the bends. I know it very well. So to, from that point of view, I think, you know, he'd be suited by that. He can travel to any pace and quicken, so... But he's in great form. I just hope that uh, if we got good ground, even good to soft on Champions Day, we'd, we'd be running there anyhow. All right, then. So uh, a big opportunity in a classic for Kieran Schumacher, who's going to play a significantly greater role in the Gosden stable as uh, as the next year ticks by. Uh, are you are you at all surprised which way Frankie's jumped here, Kieran? Oh, I was talking to him about it yesterday and... I didn't envy his decision, to be honest. Um, when he said it, I think it really did come down to sort of 50-50 um, up until this morning. And obviously, he's been in contact with the clerk of the course there at Doncaster, and he's made his decision. But um, I didn't envy him. Have you, I'm guessing you must have ridden both these horses quite a bit, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've galloped both of them. Um, Arrest is probably a little bit more flashy at home. He shows a little bit more. Uh, Gregory certainly switches it on on the track. And Gregory does keep going. I mean, it was very striking. I mean, I know it was obvious to everybody who, who had a close-up view, but I've very rarely seen a beaten horse gallop that hard through the line as he did at, at York last time. It looks like there's no bottom to him at all. Sure. And, you know, the pace they went, the strong tempo throughout, and the other two... Um, James Ferguson's horse and the other horse that escapes me now um, obviously completely fell out of the back of the TV and you know he was only beaten about four lengths he he wasn't stopping He he's a relentless galloper and I don't know obviously the ground uh, is a bit of you know if it does remain soft ground it's a bit of an unknown but um, I, I don't think he'll mind it uh, Are you were you secretly quite pleased that he went the other way? <laughs> oh, it, honestly, it's 50-50. I galloped a rest yesterday morning and he gave me a great feel. Frankie was on Gregory. He's likewise. So it, I, I, I was just waiting to be told. Um, how, that ground at Doncaster, even though they've had a, an absolute bucket load of rain, it does dry quite well, doesn't it, normally? Yeah, and we've got a couple of drying days. So, you know... I I think at worst, it could be, you know, it could be good to soft ground. So, you know, Gregory would definitely go on good to soft. And and for you, I mean, it's a it's a big moment, big opportunity. Um, 
have you have you found yourself easing into a into a greater role quite comfortably? Obviously, you've been the subject of masses of speculation this season, but everyone seems to be fairly fairly clear on where you're at now. Well, I've been riding out for Mr. Goldson for a few weeks now, and um, he's been giving me some nice opportunities on Saturdays. Um, things haven't quite clicked as I hope they would have just yet. You know, I've ridden some nice horses on Saturdays and for one reason or another, they haven't uh, been winning, but um, he's shown a lot of faith in me. I've been working hard. I've been riding out there plenty and uh, it's really nice to be given this opportunity. Well, it might it might represent a sort of emblem of the, the changing of the guard, I suppose, uh, Saturday's race. I wish you all the best, Kieran. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Nick. Uh, Kieran Schumark, and before that, John Gosling. It's a big moment for Kieran Schumark, this. We, we know he's going to take a big role in the stable. He's effectively going to succeed Frankie de Tory, we believe, next year. Um, this could really not seal the deal. I think the deal is sealed. But this could be a nice way of cementing the association, couldn't it? A huge opportunity. If what a lot of us in the sport, uh, following the racing and following these horses, uh, genuinely believe that Gregory is a better horse than the rest, then... Um, it's a huge opportunity for Kieran Schumach on uh, the biggest stage at this time of the season. You know, the oldest classic in the world and um, obviously the Gosden team have won it before. Um, but this will be a, a great chance um, to ride for obviously a, a very uh, strong burgeoning uh, ownership group. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I, I think he's on the better horse. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, Kieran Schumacher, as you say, every everyone's been saying for a long yeah, time that he's yeah. going to be playing a big part in the Gosden team in the future. So, what an opportunity to, as you say, to to give it to give it the credence it deserves. Yeah, and I, I suppose the the interesting point he made there was that he'd ridden arrest and Frankie had ridden Gregory in work yesterday, and I get that that seems to be very significant to me. And, and arrest clearly shows that little bit more zip in his work anyway. Yeah, I mean that that might be very significant, but you know they work what, working horses at home. One thing what they show on the track is a completely different, and I prefer what they show on the track. And obviously, these people will know things much much more intimate detail about these horses than we will. But what I've seen on the track leads me to thinking that Gregory is a better St. Ledger op- op- option mm. for, for whoever's riding than than Arrest. I mean, looking you, obviously you've seen it. Nick. Arrest was very good at Chester. Very good at Chester. He was pretty good at Newbury um, when he beat Ching Chi. But, you know, the two runs in between on, on quicker ground were, were very poor. The Derby and, and Ascot, obviously, was much better company on both occasions. But the, the Ascot run in particular was, you know, obviously King of Steel won the race. But, um, yeah. I, did you see well, it? We, Do you see the... Shall we, shall we hear from Barry Marn, who's the racing manager for, for Judmon? And that, that, might, that might give us a bit more... A bit more context here. Um, I don't. I don't think he was particularly amazed by by the Tories' decision. No, not with the rain. Not with the rainfall, and you know, it makes sense, I suppose, when you sit down and look at the variables. You know, the horse handles soft ground, which is a, a positive. Um, he'll hopefully stay the trip, which is a positive, and you know, maybe some of the other runners in the race. There's a little bit of uncertainty about the ground. Um, how I mean, you've you've seen him now. He obviously the the Derby was a big disappointment, but other than that, he's done he's done very well this year. How how high a caliber horse do you actually believe Arrest is now? He's look. He's in fairness, Nick. He's done nothing wrong. We we made a bad call with him twice this year. Once in uh, the Derby, we shouldn't have run, and, and again in Royal Ascot, and that was our fault. Um, but apart from them two races, he's done nothing wrong, and you know he looked to be 
back to his best in Newbury the last day. And, uh, you know, I think he's still a very much an unexposed horse. Oh, no sooner will the St. Ledger be done that we'll be thinking about uh, the autumn delights. How's Westover doing ahead of the arc? Westover's in good form. Rafe is happy with him. Um, he's penciled in for a race course gallop this week. And uh, I think he'll, he'll have a, another away day next week. And then he's all set for, for Paris. And when you look at his chance this year relative to last, it, do you believe he's a he's a better horse? Do you believe he's a fundamentally better horse now? Yeah, I think the form book would back up that he definitely is. You know, he's run a career best on his last start. He's broke the track record in the start before that. You know, he's he's finished second to the best filly, older filly in Europe, in, in Emily Upjohn, and, and second to the best horse in, possibly in the world in Equinox. So I think his form is very, very solid. Um, you know, we, we, as I've said all along, and you know, we don't want heavy ground for him. Um, we, we know that Longchamp can get heavy. We were there last year in the spills of rain, um, and he's not a horse that wants heavy ground. You know. I know you've got Blue Stocking on a retrieval mission this Saturday. Is she going to run at Chester? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, we, you know, we just sat down and, and felt like she's run some huge races this year without winning, and and we haven't. You know, she actually hasn't won a stakes race yet, so. You know, we thought we'd like to make her a stakes winner if possible. Saturday looks a nice opportunity in Chester and, and the timeline was right for uh, a possible tilt in at Champions Weekend in Ascot. And any news for me on Nostrum and, and Chaldean? Yeah, Chaldean's in good form. Andrew's very happy with him. He'll go straight to Ascot for the for the QE2. Um, he's had a good break at the farm, probably done a little bit better than Andrew was hoping for. Um you know, he, he had intended to give him a run in the Joel, but he just doesn't feel his fitness was quite there. So uh, he's he's on target for Ascot. He's in good shape. And uh, Nostrum, he, he came out of uh, York with a few a few little a few little issues. Nothing any nothing overly significant, but enough to explain why he ran the way he ran. And uh, I think Michael is going to freshen him up there now, and we'll let the horse tell us when he's ready to go again. All right, that was Barry Mann. Um, obviously very happy with, with what Frankie's doing, uh, also with news of a whole clutch of other uh, Judmont horses there, including, uh, Rishi, your, your Arc de Triomphe fancy, Westover. Mm. Still your Arc de Triomphe fancy? Still my Arc de Triomphe fancy, Nick. Um, he ran in the best uh, turf race of the year, which was the Shima Classic at Maidan, when he chased home Equinox and ahead of Zagre and Mostadaf. Um, I think that's in itself outstanding. And then yeah, I thought he ran a mighty race behind Hookham in the King George. I think that's the race for me that sets the standard for middle distance horses this season, uh, mile and a half horses, that King George. So I'm I'm happy to be with Hookham and Westover, but I'll be siding primarily with Westover because of the prices more than anything else. But I think those are the two horses that I want to be with on Arc Day. Uh, and Barry Marr with um, encouraging news about Chaldean, saying how well he'd done for his break. Looking forward to seeing him back. Uh, looking QE2 bound. That'll be some race at the end of the season with Nashua pointing there as well and others. And I was um, unable to get John Gosden to 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 go to the Breeders' Cup Classic with Mostadaf as I was unable to uh, persuade <laughs> Angus Gold a few weeks ago. Uh, it looks as though the Breeders' Cup turf, however, if Champions Day is soft, is a very realistic mm. option. I think that would really suit him as well. I know that that's a slight oh, a step up in trip, obviously, but um, I don't think that would be as much of an issue at Santa Anita as it would be were he to to do it in, in Europe. Um, I, I, I think he's improved this season as well, um, not only 
has he excelled over 10 furlongs and fast ground? I think he's just become a better horse as the seasons, you know, watch him from, from when he won in Saudi through to now, it, you know, all the performances of it have exceeded what he did in 2022. So I think he's, he, I think he's a massive player if he ends up at the Breeders' Cup in the turf. And just transitioning back to the arc briefly, I was a bit disappointed to see fantastic Moon's connections completely rule him out of a of a tilt at the arc. The German Derby and um, Pre Niel winner. God, he was impressive the other day. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see him in the race. Obviously, I I think you know it's always great that for me the arc is the best race of the year in Europe. So you want to see all the best horses. But I do understand connections maybe thinking that. Were he to line up in the arc, he might end up against, which he will, probably will do, he'll end up against the best horses over a mile and a half um, in, in Europe. And we might have better options, easier options of actually winning a big prize with him somewhere else on decent ground, whether it be in America for the Breeders' Cup to Mostadaf, question mark, um, and, uh, or maybe Japan. Um, in which case, you can understand the the thought process behind taking a slightly easier option against less high-class horses um, than he is likely to meet in the arc. But as a fan of the sport, I'd love to see him run in the arc, but I understand why Connections might want to dodge it. Mm. I'll tell you what, if you if you did end up with Mostada, Fantastic Moon and August Roda in the Breeders' Cup turf, that race would come roaring back to a bit of prominence, wouldn't it? It would do. Um, it would do. Who would you side with? It, it, out of those three in that race, well, the the German horse would be the be, be too big a price, wouldn't he? Of course, he'd be too big a price. But no, he'd be. Would you back him? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would. Okay. I think he's think he's exceptional. I think he's exceptional. All right. More exceptional than Ace Impact uh, from an art point of view. Oh, uh, maybe not. But I don't think Ace. I think Ace Impact. It's it's one and done, isn't it? I can't see. Well, I mean, I know, I know, I know the Shaboobs like the the Breeders' Cup, but I I would think it's the Ark and Out, but I, but I might be wrong. Yeah, no, I'm thinking. I mean, I I, I would I would assume Mason Pat would be running the Ark and that'd be it. But um, I think Fantastic Moon would have more of a chance probably against August Rodan, who you, which August Rodan's going to travel to Breeders' Cup. Well, indeed. Um, yeah. All right, it is National Racehorse Week, of course, uh, during which 60 community visits are taking place across Britain. Uh, I'm really pleased to be joined by Helen Sharp from Racing to Relate. Uh, Helen, first of all, just, just tell those who aren't familiar what exactly Racing to Relate is. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having us on. Well, Racing to Relate um, really is a charity that's it's, it's a bit, little bit different in that we're independent and we have racing industry support. Um, but really, our full full um, focus is to help and protect the welfare of thoroughbreds in um, careers transitioning into therapy horses. And, and so, how is that manifesting itself this week during National Racehorse Week? How are you getting out and about? Uh, this week, well, we are actually based all over. So I'm actually in Ireland and our CEO is in France. But thankfully, we've been working with Great British Racing. Uh, we have they've actually put together a film using some of the footage of a um, a ride we did in Deauville where we took veterans and thoroughbreds, um, former racehorses and polo ponies on a ride to, where, to raise awareness for veteran suicide, actually, and to highlight um, the thoroughbred involvement in the equine-assisted services. So they've been using some footage from that, plus an international symposium that we did in Deauville in May. 
um, with um, key global experts speaking about um, the equine-assisted sphere with thoroughbreds in particular. And, And tell me a little bit about how you got involved with this. Well, I'm a full-time, I'm very lucky, I'm a full-time journalist to work with the Irish field um, over here in Ireland. Um, but I have some former thoroughbreds myself and I had an interest, like, I just happened actually at a Peter O'Sullivan um, Trust um, event. I, I met our CEO, Jennifer Barker, who'd been working in equine-assisted uh, therapy and thoroughbred welfare for a number of years. Um, sadly, she lost, her brother was a veteran and she lost him to suicide and she was um, inspired on a trip to Kentucky to put the two things together, really, former racehorses and equine-assisted therapies. I mean, as you know, equine-assisted therapies has gone on the increase for the past 15 years, really, and there's been a sort of parallel shift with the focus on welfare of retired racehorses. So it's become a priority consideration, really, with racing industry and um, with the duty of care and things. But they're really what we noticed as inquisitive people, that there's no real structured industry approach or scientific resource dedicated to connecting former racehorses with people in need in the context of equine-assisted services. So we sort of just set about trying to do that and ask the questions of how do you do that? And the um, spirit of bringing the community to the horse continues well into the following week as well, because 23rd, 24th of September is the Sir Henry Cecil Open Weekend at Newmarket. The chairman of that uh, venture, and he has been for quite some time now, is trainer Charlie Fellows, who's with me now. Um, Charlie, you've you've had the long tom out, and you've been getting you've been getting some of your you've been getting some of your fellow trainers organised and motivated, or at least you've been trying to. How are you getting on? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I, I wish I didn't have to do it, but um, but uh, I yeah, I was very disappointed with the initial uptake by trainers, um, and I, as the Racing Post kindly published, I um, uh, sent out a gentle reminder to the trainers that it's a really important weekend, and luckily uh, we got a nice response. I think five extras have opened including George Bowie and Stuart Williams. So um, I'm very grateful to them for answering my rallying cry. Um, And I think now we're just focusing on the weekend and and looking forward to it. Hopefully we get some nice weather. Um, And we've got, yeah, we've got some great yards opening. So um, I think there's lots to look forward to and lots to to attract people um, next weekend. And, and have you seen the event growing? Have you seen the interest growing? More people coming to the heath, more people watching the horses, more people queuing for for some of the big yards. Well, I think I think the the only way to judge that is on the amount of money we raise, and that has grown every year since I've been chairman, and we're already ahead of where we were last year, both in terms of sponsorship of the events and um, advertising in the program. Uh, so as long as ticket sales go well, which we're slightly, you know, you're always governed slightly by the weather, um, but I think, um, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be well ahead of what we did last year, which I'm which I'm really really proud of. Um, and as long as it keeps on going in that direction, I'll be happy. And who are your biggest supporters? Who who can you always rely on to, you know, really lean in and, and say, yeah, um, you can do anything you want. I'll, I'll be backing you all the way, Charlie. Um, a lot of the young, a lot of the young trainers um, are great. Uh, Ro- Roger Varian, who I wouldn't class as a young trainer at all, but he's fan- he's probably the the biggest numeric. Now, 
he's 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 younger than me that counts as young okay fine young great. yeah very young the very youthful roger varian yeah very yeah uh, so if you want to go and see Elder Elder of Jules St. Ledger winner, go, go up to his yard. Uh, it's a lovely yard and um, uh, amongst many other horses, he'll be on show. Uh, obviously, I've already mentioned George Bowie um, over the other side of town. We've got a really good contingent on the Hamilton Road and it's very well placed out this year. So you can literally walk straight up the Hamilton Road and you can go and visit George Bowie, George Scott, uh, Stuart Williams, Simon and Ed Crisford, uh, amongst, I'm sure I've forgotten others up there. Ray Guest is opening. So you've got, if you're looking to see as many yards as possible, the Hamilton Road's a really good place to go because they're all very much close to each other. Uh, and you can literally pop in and see them. There's some great yards up there. So, um, and then Ed Dunlop is always a big supporter. Tom Clover, James Ferguson, a lot of the young, Harry Eustace, Kevin Phillip, Ardafoy. Um, they are all opening their yards. Um, bright young trainers uh, who are keen to show off um, their sort of their horses and their yards. Now, I, I, I tip my hat to you for, for actually giving giving some of your elders a bit of a rocket and saying, "Come on, we've got to get this sport showcased to as many people as possible." Have you had at least sort of friendly feedback from from them and, and reasons why they might not want to open up? Um, yes, uh, yes and no. Like, um, a few people, uh, feel that the sort of layout of the weekend and the way that the weekend is run could, could change. Um, and that maybe rather than opening the whole town in one go, there is a huge amount to see if the whole town is open. It's very difficult to get around everyone. They feel that certain sections of the town should be open each year and, and they alternate. Um, but we have a lot of trainers who want to open every year, who sell shares in syndicates and stuff like that and don't want to have a year off. And I kind of feel like they shouldn't be prevented from opening their yards. So it's a, it's a difficult one, that one. Um, obviously the hygiene, uh, the hygiene thing comes up every year, but you know, I think if you, if, if you police your yard properly and you have stable lads uh, around with a friendly welcome, showing each everyone the horse and stopping people from going from each horse one to the other, again, that can be easily prevented. Um, so I, d I don't. There's always going to be um, there's always going to be reasons not to open. I'm just I'm hoping that the younger trainers continue to open their yards and they set a precedent as they go through the ranks and that as people grow older it just becomes more of an institution a bit like the Lambourne open weekend well i say good on you keep keep fighting the good fight and eventually you'll get them all to open up charlie thanks so much best of luck for it thanks for having me on nick all right quick word about today's uh, opening to the st ledger festival uh, the park hill the may hill the two feature races rishi have you got the winners of both of those sorted out no, um, I'm not. I'm not adamant about any of my selections in those races. Um, I do like to see the fire of Andrew Baldings. Um, she is beautifully bred, as um, many people will already know. Um, but there's so many horses in that Mayhill that you just have no idea how good they are. But I like her potential, that pedigree, see the stars out of uh, Arabian Queen. So I'll take a chance with her.
not strong. And in the in the Park Hill, I I like Boogie Woogie would be the horse that I will bet. Um, the trip I think is is in her favour. She had pretty good form earlier in the season, so I like her. But I mean, Sumo Sam produced an outstanding run when she won at Goodwood, and I I, I was surprised how how well she won. Obviously, she was a big prize that day, but um, connections weren't. And almost immediately afterwards, Ollie Cole was suggesting that the Park Hill would be an option for her next. So here she is. I'll take a chance with Boogie Woogie. But I do fancy one at the end of the day, Nick. Um, In the last race of the day at Doncaster, um, I was lucky enough to be at Sandown the day that Spanish Blaze won his most latest run for Marcus Stragoning. And he won off a Marcus 76. Um, He's gone up six pounds for that. But Marcus was speaking in the immediate aftermath of the race about sending Spanish Blaze to the to the Marcus Dragoning race, as I, I referred to it at Newbury. I'm sure you probably guess what it is. He's he's run Haynes. enough horses in the Haynes Hans yes. Clark. Yeah. Correct. Um Can you name all so, his winners? Can you name all his winners of the Haynes Hansen and Clark? No, I can't name all his winners, but I can did Nayef not win it? Uh, I think he did, yeah. And then some yeah. others that whose names I completely forget. Some some really good ones, um, but um, but I do think that Spanish Blaze is much better than an eighty two rated handicapper. There are, again, there are horses that are unexposed in that race, but he won and he was messing about. He's he 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 could have won by much further. He's he's clearly a, a very very talented young horse, and I think I would love also love. I mean, there's part of me that would love him to to be very good for Marcus Trigonin because I love it when uh, you know train of his his class and his ability gets a good horse because he doesn't get enough good horses. I know we said that about a lot of trainers, but he is outstanding with good ones. Um, and I, I really hope Spanish Blaze turns into a good one for him. You remember Ethmar, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, Ethmar. El Shadi. One of my favourites. And uh, Tamir. Oh, Tamir. Double A? Cavalera. Ah, uh, Cavalera. Actually, Cavalera might have been in the same colours as Spanish Blaze. Cavalera ended up running in the derby, didn't he? Ridden by Hayley Turner. Oh, maybe not. Haley Turner, correct? Yes. Um, yeah. There you go. Great, great names, great memories. Marcus what a history. F. Martin A. F. El Shadi, Tamir, and Cavaliero, five-time winner of the Haynes Hanson Clark. We are off on a ridiculous tangent here, but you've <laughs> the big five. You've you've given your you've given your tip for today. Yes, Spanish Blaze. Spanish Blaze. Last race of Donny today. Good man. Rishi, thanks so much. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. That was Thursday, September the 14th. We'll see you again tomorrow. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. (laughs) 